1: Welcome to another episode of The Waiting Room, a Quantum Leap Podcast. My name is Sai, and with me as always is my partner in time as we leap back and forth with Dr. Sam Beckett and all else that entails with him, uh, Mr. Benny Mack, How
0: are we doing, my friend? I'm doing very well, So, How are you? Tired, mate. Very, very tired. <laughs> well, I'll go back in time and have some sleep and then come back.
1: Sort yeah, of that yeah i dozed <laughs> off on the sofa for i don't know 10-15 minutes before we uh started to record and now i feel like absolute
0: crap i wish i hadn't dozed off no uh, sometimes they say a nap's good but some, it has to be a a, a decent nap yeah. <laughs> otherwise it doesn't a 10 minute nap doesn't do anything apart from make you go i'm still tired yeah exactly <laughs> and, and it coincided
1: it. it coincided with the school run so i was woken up by my kids literally crashing into the house making it like you know like, like a little cartoon of the tasmanian devil if you remember that one and just just you know, leaving a path of destruction behind them so it wasn't even like i woke up slowly i was woken up with a jolt abruptly yeah yeah so that kind of sucked mate that kind of sucked how's your week been bud you all right
0: yeah not too bad uh just busy man just busy trying to get time to do this mate to be honest with you it's uh when, when you want to get something done and somehow things get in the way and you just can't get it done and it's frustrating, but uh, we are getting there slowly, so yeah, yeah. yeah, but yeah, no, it's been good, mate. It's been good, yeah. Well, we're
1: here now, mate. We're here now, or back then, I suppose, as in 1976, which is where Sam ends up in this leap, isn't it? Today's episode of Quantum Leap is the Disco Inferno episode, episode two of season two. Now. At the end of last week's episode of The Waiting Room, Benny, I said, I remember this. Uh, yeah. I said, I remember quite a f- quite a few memories of it. And I was really, really looking forward to this episode. So I remembered it very fondly. Now, I've got a confession to make. I've watched this back, obviously, for this show. Obviously, yeah. And it turns out I was thinking of an episode of um, Cold Case instead okay. of an episode of Quantum Leap. But I can, I can picture the the scenes in a disco in if anyone's unfamiliar with cold case it's one of these american cop shows similar to the likes of law and order and criminal minds and all that sort of loads of them came out all all at the same time didn't they in the the 2000s yeah yeah.
0: the cold cases i'll I'll let you know i've never watched it so i've got no ah, okay it's quite good
1: it's quite good cold case is quite good it's it's about uh, the, the main the main lead detective and her team and they are investigating cold cases. Now they're talking to people in the present about, like, say, a murder that happened in the seventies. But as they're explaining what happened in in the present, we get a flashback to the seventies oh. of the
0: same characters. Hang on, hang on. Is it like a documentary show?
1: No, no, no. It's like it's it's like one of these cop dramas, you know.
0: Oh, okay. Because there's a series, or well, there was at one point. It's not a Netflix thing. I think it's um. Or maybe that was, was, it cold cases? Maybe it was called then. There's, there's something
1: else. There's, there's something yeah. else like
0: that. Yeah. But it's like, um, because they talk about cold cases and only like something like 1% of these ones ever get solved. And these mm. theories is going through the ones that have been solved and they're quite interesting. Um, Sometimes yeah. You go, yeah, it was him. In <laughs> another time, yeah. you go, wait, it was her. What? That's another. Movie. So yeah, so it's an actual TV show. Then it's not. Yeah, a- that's right. Yeah, oh, it's, okay. like, it's a
1: fiction. It's a drama. It's you know, and and I, I enjoyed some of It's a bit ropey, and especially towards the end, it gets a bit over the top and that. But I enjoyed the premise of it because it's almost, it's almost like time traveling to solve crimes. I guess is how the show is set up. You get a lot of the, the past history. On your screen from that time, and then you, okay. they're talk, they're talking to various people in the story sort of 30 years later, 40 years yeah. later, or whatever it may well be. And there's one episode where somebody gets killed in a disco. The disco is I think the disco is set on fire, and this kid gets burnt alive. And no, that's obviously in the 70s, and then in present day they find out finally what happened, and they bang this person up 40 years after the fact, or whatever it was and i uh-huh. i loved that episode it really sticks in my mind but the weird thing is i can uh-huh. picture sam in the scenes of the <laughs> cold case episode uh, but, he's okay. not it. but he's not in it so my mind is just when i've read disco inferno my mind has just sort of done some silly tv brain fart yeah and i'm thinking of completely fun. the wrong show you know yeah
0: uh, well every time i just think of this episode I think when I was younger I didn't like it as much because of but now I kind of appreciate the uh, the sort of comedy. Well it's April first, nineteen seventy-four, five. I can't remember what it was now. So I was completely yeah. wrong. April first, so it's almost like a they do say it in the episode, it's like a um April Fool's joke or something, which is quite funny. Um we see a different side to Al well in this as well, as well. But what I was gonna say was um I was like, I wonder if there's a film called Disco Inferno. Now the only film that kept coming into in my head, a bit like you. Because I remember obviously we'll get into it but there's a scene where he's on top of a building and he, f- he has to do a stump move to fall off now every time I hit see Disco Inferno, I always think of the film the Towering Inferno, but it's the oh, wrong okay. film because it's earthquake <laughs> that he's on the set of. but I always think of the Towering Inferno, which I've only ever seen once, and I probably shouldn't have watched it when I was a kid um but I was interested to see whether there was a film called Disco Inferno Now when I searched Disco Inferno and didn't put film on the end of it, the wrestler Disco Inferno came up obviously. Brilliant. Um, (laughs) To be totally honest with you, Um, which was a bit before my time anyway. But there is a Disco Inferno film. It's a short in 2015. Now, I don't know what it's about. I didn't go into too much detail, but I was like, oh my God, there is an actual film. But I was thinking there was a film in the 70s or 80s called Disco Inferno. Um, So I thought there was like a play on uh, thing there. But yeah, every time I see that scene with the earthquake uh, set that they're on, I always think of the towering inferno, and it's not—it's earthquake. I believe the film is called. So that's right. Yeah. So um, yeah, I always get my mind does a little bit of the um head flip, whatever you want to call it, the monkey flip to confuse you, whatever you know. Being as a yeah. fans, but you know, it's funny um, how your
1: mind plays tricks on you, isn't it?
0: It is a bit, yeah, because you miss. It's almost like that. Uh, what's that conspiracy uh, theory of um, the Mandela effect? You know, that's right. Yeah. You know, you think you think you've remembered something. No, no, that did happen. No, it didn't. And they're like, "Yes, it did, and you're convinced that it happened now, somewhere in your brain it's gone from short term memory into long term memory and it's lodged in there. Nobody can convince you unless you had video footage or something in front of you to prove that that didn't happen you know yeah. <laughs> so I don't know you know that's a whole different podcast in itself. Maybe we could do that at the end of this run of quantum leak, maybe do like a conspiracy theory thing going on or something, but it's just um your brain, I think like you said, it f- flips in. I think it is more of a case of short-term memory into long-term, and you've got it in your head. That's how you remember it. So when you then convey it to somebody, you go, "No, no, no! It's just it's uh, it's towering inferno, towering inferno. No, 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 Ben, it's earthquake." And until you see the footage of the episode, you go, "Oh yeah, it's earthquake." <laughs> yeah, and that's exactly right. I I was at the end
1: at the end of last week's show. I was adamant that Sam was going to be this disco dancer and the disco. Building itself, the, the, the discotheque, yeah. I suppose is the right term, maybe the the, the, oh, yeah. the nightclub or whatever burns down, and Sam has leapt into somebody to stop someone dying in the fire. That's, I, I was so, I was so, con- as convinced as I am of my own name, that that's what this episode was about. Yeah, but now yeah. watching it back, obviously, it's not about that whatsoever, and that's actually the, the, the plot of an episode of Cold Case. So,
0: yeah, <laughs> yeah, well, there you go. It meshes in. There's a lot of TV out there, mate, to be fair. Yeah. There's a lot of TV out there. Um, it's, when you start confusing friends with Battlestar Galactica, there might be something wrong, you know? So, <laughs>
1: <laughs> You mentioned yeah, they, that the, the film Earthquake, that Sam, um, basically, Sam leaps into a, a stuntman that is working on various different projects, and one of them is the film Earthquake, which was uh, filmed in... 1974, and this is a little gaff that I've I found out when I've done my research for the episode, Benny. The film that Sam is supposed to be in, and they mention he's he's the stunt man in, is is Earthquake, filmed in nineteen seventy-four. May nineteen seventy four, that was filmed, sorry. But this episode takes place in April nineteen seventy-six. So they gaffed a little bit on the timeline there, haven't they? Oh,
0: okay. Bit weird.
1: Yeah, you think you'd just do your research, wouldn't you? Do
0: you know what I mean? Well, I mean, well, when so when did the film come out? Nineteen seventy four yeah uh uh, may
1: 1974 yeah it was Uh, filmed in may 1974 and um filmed in may yeah filmed in may 74 probably would have come out not long after that because let's be honest it doesn't look particularly high budget and um
0: i'm looking looking at the imdb page now they've just announced on IMDb. well i say just announced it's it's, they put that i mean the rating for the actual earthquake film is 5.9 out of 10 i mean i've never seen it charlton heston isn't it it is uh one Mm. of the actors in there um Ava Gardner, I think, uh, is in it as well. I mean, these are like big names from the past, obviously. But apparently, you can get it on Blu-ray if you if you so wish. Which I've just looked at. Um, <laughs> Charlton Heston. Well, maybe maybe we'll
1: do a maybe we'll do a, a podcast like the film Earthquake, mate.
0: Well, do you know what? There's a few people. There's George Kennedy in it as Slade, and he was in the Naked Gun films, I think. Um, okay, so, you know so. Maybe we should as a special, maybe we, we both watch Earthquake because I'm assuming the footage they use, by the way, when we see Sam falling, I say Sam inverted commas, um, I I get the feeling it's kind of footage from the film or at least maybe some footage that was maybe not used in the film, possibly, because it looks, when it flicks between the two, you can tell the difference of the quality, yeah, you, know, yeah. you know what
1: I mean? So, Yeah, I get you. Oh, I get you. Anyway, that concludes this week's Screens of the Seventies. We'll, um, <laughs> we'll be back with you next week. No, no. and <laughs> then
0: next week's episode of the actual yeah. episode of Quantum Leap. <laughs> That's right.
1: <laughs> Sam leaps into Chad, the stuntman, and it's a family of stuntmen, isn't it? He's got his younger brother, who is uh, Chris, who is desperate to be involved in the stunt business, but they're kind of holding him back a little bit. He's a bit young. They're not quite sure of uh, him That's being it, fully involved yet.
0: Yeah, the Stones aren't they? So it says Ray that's Stone, right. their father. Chris is the younger brother, and then uh, Sam leaps into Chad. Yeah, uh, Stone. So um, yeah, like you said, it's like a family run business. But as we learn, actually, it's been going in their family for I think they're like so his younger brother would be what fourth generation if he yeah yeah thinks-
1: they say about the grandfather, don't they?
0: Yeah, so almost like to prove you're tough enough to do it type thing.
1: Hmm. Yeah, that's right. That's right. And we first see. Uh, I suppose, a reference to the 70s, I guess, in general, when Sam first appears, first leaps in. Uh, at the end of last week's episode, with the little trailer that we get, the sort of snippet into this week's episode, Sam leaps into somebody wearing a a white, very 70s-styled suit and goes, oh, disco, I'd rather be dead. And then he's blown away with a shotgun.
0: I remember when I first saw this episode, I'm not talking about this watch through, but when I first saw it, I went, oh, that's not good <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Like, how could you start the episode like that you know maybe end on a cliffhanger like that but then you're like oh my god what's how, how is sam going to survive this he's just been literally shot from about what five six feet away from a freaking shotgun and he yeah then straight, in, cut- straight in like the the body and there's blood everywhere yeah exactly yeah and he goes through like a glass wi- well what we perceive to be a glass window at this moment and then um obviously it cuts into the intro and we find out that it's it's led on a crash mat. Now you hear somebody go, "Cut!" and then then Sam's like, "I've been shot, or I've been hit, or whatever he says." And yeah. it's like, "What?" <laughs> it's so while well overacting for a stunt man, but definitely, yeah,
1: yeah, that's right. And uh, somebody's moved the mat as well. Their dad is complaining that somebody has moved the safety mat.
0: It's not but where to be it should fair, be. Our director that's filming this low-budget film, a uh, uh, Rick, I think his name is, played by Peter. Uh, I'm not even going to put an apt, on Ontario. On I don't even think that's okay. right, but his name's Rick anyway. Um, he, the, the, as well, I'm assuming you felt the same. the The director of this low-budget disco inferno film is, um, uh, wow, <laughs> he's yeah. a douche, basically. Yeah, he's. He's. I
1: suppose. I suppose it's the stereotype, isn't it? And I do think you get a bit of this in Quantum Leap. There are certain characters, and they do tend to be, I suppose, the villain of the piece quite often in Quantum Leap. To a
0: degree, yeah. See, I, see, I don't look at him as a villain as such because he's not actively going out of his way to make things difficult. He just doesn't care. He wants to get his shots, yeah, okay. to Get his job done. He wants to get his, you know, his paycheck or whatever. Obviously, yeah, the film itself right. is playing on the fact that I would assume that the, you know, disco was huge at one point in the seventies. So people were going to make, so, you know, music sort of influences life and then life influences films or whatever, however you want to play it or say it, you know, the trend at the time was disco. So they want to capitalize on it by making a film set in this nightclub disco and have the music playing. And, you know, it's like a straight to TV movie. I would say definitely, if not a TV movie would have been straight to VHS, or beat him back back in the day. Yeah. <laughs> I would assume.
1: Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, you're right. You're right. Villain of the piece is probably the wrong way to describe this character. But he is very much the the stereotypical, sleazy kind of film executive director yeah. or whatever. You can imagine he's the kind of individual that, uh, you know, asks the young girls to perform certain acts to get parts in his films. He comes across that very much seedy, nasty, grimy, but also incredibly low budget individual, doesn't he? Or so bottom of the future yeah. sort of thing.
0: Bollocks somebody for giving him a cold coffee or whatever. He's that kind of diva esque. Yeah. I'm the director. I'm important, even though the film, like we said, is probably going to be <laughs> straight to uh, what will be a straight to DVD release these days, definitely. If anything. Actually, do you know what? I don't even think you can make it to DVD these days. It'll probably be a straight YouTube release. <laughs> <laughs> you know?
1: Yeah, I get you, mate. I get you. Um, we find out from the discussion as we're walking away from the the move to safety pad, I guess, that this is two days before the kid's big shot, as they're referring to it as the the younger brother, Chris, he's got a big stunt coming up. Uh, Well, the potential to do, it's not been confirmed that he's going to do it yet. They haven't decided exactly who's going to do the big stunt in the film Earthquake, but Mm -hmm. this is seen as his big shot to get his card, which I'm assuming means it's almost like... like like a doorman's pass or um a, a, a police badge or some sort. It's the sh- it's to show that you're qualified to do
0: yeah this I think this kind sure, of employment maybe. It's like a trade union card, I guess, for him to be able to be recognised as a qualified stuntman. Mm. I'm guessing it's something you have to do. I mean, I wouldn't know without looking into it, to be honest. But I'm guessing you have to do so many um things. Or maybe a couple of almost like a like an apprenticeship type thing to get them earn yeah. your rights to be qualified as a fully fledged stuntman. Um, and he was supposed to do a. Well, no, he was supposed to do because he was supposed to because you go back to the safety mat quickly. An argument ensues. The dad's like, "Who moved my pad?" And the director's like, "I don't care. We need to capture this." He goes, "Well, you will care if somebody dies on your set." The, um, and then the basically the, the director Rick is very nonchalant, like yeah, whatever. And then so Ray goes, nap, we're done. And he brings pulls his boys out and says, we, we you know we're going going to we're going to leave this picture. You're dangerous.
1: Hmm. And I
0: think Chris was supposed to do a stunt on Disco Inferno to get his card. And then obviously as the episode as we as, as this quite is it quite early on. I think we find out that um, it's not long after the opening, is it? We see Al and he's t- basically tells. Um, Sam that uh, Chris is going to die in the next few days but they don't, they're don't they not sure why yes. or how um, but just don't let him do anything silly and then of course they quit the picture Chris is then like oh but I was going to get my card and then Ray, uh, Ray's like to Chad well why do not you let him do this stunt on an earthquake and he's like oh no I can't let you do that because at the moment we don't know how Chris dies so Sam is literally trying to be the older brother and protect this new younger brother that he's got because he's not sure how he dies whether it was a car crash in a stunt, freaking falling down the stairs. We don't actually know how Chris dies at this point. So every time there's a, like, especially when he's saying do a fall, oh no, 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 you can't do it, Chris. And then of course, Chris resents, um, Sam, AKA Chad, uh, for not letting him do it because he would have had his, you know, his stuntman's man's card. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Spot on. I
0: think I've covered that well. Yeah. Yeah. Spot on.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I mean, one thing we didn't touch upon is during these early exchanges, they, they meet the character Tracy, who is? It seems like every other lady on the set and wherever they go, completely enamoured with Chad. He's quite the yeah, yeah, quite the ladies' man and quite the catch. It seems. And um, another girl walks up as well and starts talking to him. But of course, Sam can't remember anything, oh, yes. uh, so he doesn't remember this girl's name because it's a Sam he's never met her before, and this girl Sam's is never about
0: Sam's been there like 10 minutes. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And this girl takes great offense, doesn't she? (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Well, you didn't blank my name last night in your trailer. What the (laughs) fuck? Yeah. (laughs) Um, Starts chatting to this music producer, doesn't he? Who's doing all the music. for? She works for the company that's doing the music for the film. Disco Inferno. That's right. Yeah. I'd forgotten about that, to be honest.
1: She gives him a mood ring as well. Do you remember mood rings? I Mate, I was born in the 80s. (laughs) So I was born in the 80s, you cheeky (laughs) bastard. Yeah, but you're older (laughs) than me. (laughs) <laughs> I, was born, I was born just in the eighties. I sneaked in at just, like just at the very start of eighty-one. I was born. Hey,
0: I don't yeah. remember until about nineteen ninety. To be totally honest with you, so and that's when I was probably about five years old. So I mean, they,
1: like, they were they were they quite were big, big in, in the nineties as well, for for a little while like mood rings and that. Yeah, hey,
0: in the nineties, it was Power Rangers this and Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles that, mate. So even though Turtles started in the eighties, but they were still being shown in the nineties. So oh, okay. nineteen ninety for me was the seeing the power rangers for the first time on saturday morning tv mate so you know mood rings were not in my <laughs> in my peripheral <laughs> at all you know. I mean, it's not like i
1: wore one it's not like i had one myself no,
0: it, it just it <laughs> just
1: seems like every girl i met had a freaking mood ring in the 90s you know
0: you, i bet you're in a bloody hairband as well
1: would you <laughs> well that's a bit more 80s and i, I if i was old enough i 100 percent would have been you would have been, been a band mate. Bit of poison, Cinderella, Motley Crue, Skid Row. Yeah, I love that way. shit. Yeah, I can see
0: that. <laughs> away.
1: I can remember going out to um, like a like a rock club, uh, a heavy metal night, uh, a nightclub, somewhere else, And my hair has always been. Barring when I went for a bit of a shaved head s- s- stage, my hair has always been quite long. And I remember getting my girlfriend at the time to proper make it big and huge at the back so I, I mean I look like Tina Turner mate I could have been <laughs> it was huge <laughs>
0: did you have the Chris Jericho look when he uh, was in like um, WCW when he was the cruiserweight champion
1: <laughs> <laughs> no I didn't have the ponytail on. I didn't have the ponytail on top well, I could do that night to be fair my hair's long enough to do that night but no I didn't do it then <laughs> I'll send you a picture <laughs> um <please help>. yeah <laughs> with regards to the the mood ring and these early scenes we get quite a bit of like the sam's inner monologue don't we sam's almost like narrating the scenes and we're hearing sam's thoughts now this does yeah. happen quite a bit for right quantum leap but to me in this episode it seems to happen a huge amount
0: yeah like it does again especially when it first starts obviously as we've already covered in genesis he does i mean i don't know if we mentioned the inner monologue but he does it quite a lot in genesis and to be honest i've never you get like, I think some of the episodes you get snippets of it. And sometimes in this one, like you said, it happened a lot of, but I think that also leads into what we find out a bit later on. Sam remembers something about from his own life. So I think Mm. it's quite nice to hear this in a monologue because half the time when we see Sam, unless he's talking to Al, he doesn't really convey much of what, what he's thinking until he starts talking to Al, obviously, because you don't tend to verbalize it because the type of show it is, but Having in a monologue is quite good just to get this feeling of and the, or the or the only weird bit I found was him like, I want to remember something, but I kind of don't want to. It's like almost like his body or his brain telling him you just stop there, don't go any further, like mm. in terms of uh, his own life. So
1: Yeah, and I mean we come to that shortly as well, don't we? Sam <laughs> has an older brother, Tom, and playing the older brother role here to uh Chris in the seventies. Sort of fires up these these emotions, these thoughts in his mind about his own brother, but he can't quite place what's going on. Or again, the Swiss cheese effect, isn't it, with, with yeah. his mind?
0: I quite like that because it's not like he went, like he was. I don't know, pulling pulling fuel in a car and went. Oh, I have a brother. No, it, the situation has sparked his memory to go. Yeah. Oh wait, I have a brother, Tom. What? Where's Tom? Where's Tom? At? And he's kind of asking Alf throughout the episode, like, "Where's Tom?". And Al says, if you can't remember, I can't tell you, which is, it, it is what it is. Because it's part of the, uh, he's got to remember himself, hasn't he? Because of the something to do with his brain and some mm. like of that. But um, sometimes I find it a bit of a cop out. But then Al, at the same time, as we've seen in season one, when he was trying to win back his f- possible future wife, um, Al does break the rules sometimes, which he kind of does in this to a degree. Uh, not as bad, though. Al seems to have reeled it in a little bit since season one, I think. Well, he was told off, oh, wasn't he? He was told off, yeah. <laughs> he got his wrist slapped. He did indeed. And then also, uh, the uh, I think the Congress episode, which was the first episode of this season, really, not Congress, you know, the the hearing to yeah. see whether the Quantum League was still going to be funded or not. Maybe that's kind of like gone, oh, I better wind my neck in a bit and just make sure we keep this project going. Otherwise, I won't be able to talk to my friend, Sam, who's stuck in wherever, you know, in this case, 19... 19- uh, 74 so yeah yeah totally
1: I And mean, speaking of I, I suppose uh sam's future or, or sam's present i guess it would be but the future from where he is now in, in 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 the 70s we get a little bit of a thing a little bit of a comment from al and an explanation from al that did make me chuckle in that they've had to do sort of they've had issues with ziggy haven't they they've had to reset the computer restart the computer whatever there's problems with it and that's why they haven't got the exact information as to how Chris died yet. Yeah. And when Sam's asking, well, why don't you just ask him, ask, ask Ziggy now? Why don't you just ask ask her now? Because you know, back online, everything's ready to go. And Al explains that we're a bit short staffed because when Ziggy was malfunctioning, oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Ziggy put extra zeros on the end of everyone's paychecks. So a lot of the staff are on holiday. And I just love the thought that, the, you know, you've got like Gushy and and then if everyone else in the future just opening their pay slip at their desk and seeing those extra zeros and going, fuck it, I'm off. I'm going home. Right. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, they've just had the budget redone and they've just overly paid all the staff based yeah. <laughs> on the first episode. <laughs> now that you say that, it makes sense like what the heck, you know? uh, Yeah. We'll fund you for another, I think it was another year, was it? Or two years. Yeah, that's right. Um, and now they've literally overpaid everybody. So, you know, they won't be having any, uh, filtered coffee, I
1: guess.
0: (laughs) 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 But obviously then Al does say something that you think, Oh crud. Yeah. You you know, you were thinking this is bad for Sam. All right. Al gets to kind of sleep in his own bed or whatever and go home or whatever he's doing in that particular time. But he, he he can't leave the project because he the brain pattern brainwaves they've they've you know tuned them to each other. Yeah, so Al's got to be the one that speaks to Sam, so he can't go anywhere. So you know, a, I mean, it's only a little snippet, but I suppose to a degree, if there's something wrong, I mean, we don't know how long there are between leaps for Sam. It's instantaneous. We have had comments in the past of other episodes of you've been bouncing around for a week. You know, so from Sam's point of view, it's like that. From Al's point of view, it might take two weeks before he we land, they find him or he land somewhere else. I don't know. I don't know how why it would take that long, but we have had comments. So what I mean is it's just it does impact Al's life as well, really. Yeah, yeah, without so, a doubt.
1: I mean the comment he makes is um when when Sam asks, Well, why have not you gone? He says, I can't. I've got to be on what well, I am on standby for you. And it's yeah. obviously said in a very to me to me, it came across almost um with a double meaning. It came across one, I'm on standby for you because of my you know, the professional side of things, my brainwaves are in sync with yours, and nobody else can contact you, and so on. But also, there was like a, a sort of second wave to that for me. Oh, I'm on standby for you because you're my friend, and I can't leave.
0: Yeah, he doesn't look at it like it's a like a, an inconvenience, or at least he if he does, he doesn't let it show in that moment. Definitely, he's for you know this dude's been a, he's an admiral for goodness sake, so he's been. You know, in positions which we will find out later on this season, um, mm. where you know he's been a he's been in wars. He was in the NASA program at one point, so he's quite a all-rounded individual in a sense of his life experience. He's probably got about three lifetimes in Al alone, maybe four, of whether it's uh, day-to-day living or like the military side that he's done. Like I said, he's probably done about three or four. You know, we talk about how clever Sam is meant to be, all these doctorates. Although Sam is academically, uh, you know, a marvel, you know, Al does have this um, life experience that Sam may have or may not have had by this point in his life because we don't know because he's Swiss cheesed. (laughs) So uh,
1: With with Al and life experience, that is something that for me becomes a little bit of a sort of tongue-in-cheek sort of running joke throughout the show because it's like, I I don't think they're intending it to be funny. It's literally just, you know, um, plot yeah, you know, weapons or you know plot points to use in the, in the episode, but it's like here we're we're in the seventies and disco is huge. So Al's dressing like he's in the seventies at a disco, and he loves the disco, and he had these memories of being at a disco, and then we leap somewhere else, and Sam's a taxi driver. And I yeah. was like, "Oh, I used to be a cab driver at such and such a place." And, and you know, and then there's other occasions where they leap somewhere else. And there's a certain somebody's a secretary, or there's a nurse that Sam's talking to, and he's like, "Oh, my third wife was a nurse, or my fifth wife yeah, was a secretary." Yeah. There's always so, that link somehow or another, isn't
0: yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. But you could also say that about the whole Ziggy problem. Oh, we've got a problem with Ziggy. We can't find out why. And uh, uh, you know, with the episode in the Color of Truth in season one, the excuse was of trying to find out. They didn't know if Jesse died in the car crash because records weren't kept hmm. for those you know for the for the people we already covered that obviously in the episode but um were not you know they weren't kept because they weren't allowed to vote and stuff so records like that weren't kept or they wouldn't have made not made note of it in a paper about a black man passing away in a car accident so Ziggy seems to have a lot of malfunctions. Maybe it's a Windows XP thing. I don't know. But um, we, we never find out what the operating system is. So, um,
1: yeah,
0: there we go. One thing I, do, I know we haven't quite got there yet, but um, I know I'll mention when we get there, actually. I've got a little, uh, little side note to the uh, Saturday Night Live skits that we'll get to in a moment.
1: Yeah, okay, no worries. Uh, we, we kind of discover as well, very, very quickly, that the the dad of the piece, his relationship with Chris, the younger brother, is difficult but he's kind of almost torn because he wants to look after his son obviously because it's his son but at the same time he makes it quite clear that he doesn't want to baby him and and thinks his son is a little bit soft because his mother used to baby him and not allow him to do certain things so he's quite keen for him to be involved in the stunt business yeah but at the same time at the last moment you tend to find he kind of shuns away from it at the last moment doesn't he
0: yeah yeah there's a comment in the episode where the if i'd have raised you you wouldn't have been weak or whatever whatever his line is or whatever his comment basically is making out that he's a negative you know I, i'm assuming at some point maybe the brothers were separated he maybe because Chad's older he would have gone to work with his dad and the, maybe the marriage ended and so mm. chris would have stayed with his mum so he's got that mentality it's the 70s i mean uh, their dad is probably what in his what's what i would say what late 50s at most mm. um so his upbringing would be different in that male sort of like, you must be strong, you know, <laughs> sort of, you know, stereotypical. <clears throat> yeah. Um, you know, upbringing, I think. And and I mean, he, he does, I mean, in fairness to him, he does recognize that he finds himself, even though he tries not to, he does find himself doing the same thing his dad did to him when he was a boy, as in their father. So he can't seem to stop it. So the, the upbringing of their dad, Ray, it, you know, is he's trying to impart the knowledge to a degree, but also got that, like, you must be strong, you must be tough. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? When out of the three, I mean, their dad's tall, Chad's tall, Chris is quite short. In fairness, yeah, you know, compared to those two, um but he's not weak by any stretch of the imagination. But having that stereotypical male-dominated upbringing, I think from the dad, which is probably good. Why he didn't stay with his dad because obviously chris's talents lay, uh, lay elsewhere don't they
1: well yeah to be honest that that's that's a brilliant segue that is benny because literally my next note is about chris playing guitar so without even realizing it you've brought me straight to my next point yeah. <laughs> <laughs> chris is an incredibly talented guitarist isn't
0: he well yeah the, the song's quite cool actually as well i mean i'm not in massive i don't mind the old country song here and here and there but um I quite like the song. Could I find the song anywhere? I couldn't find the song anywhere, mate. I shazammed it and everything. <laughs> I quite like the oh, song. Okay. I wanted to listen to the whole song, not just that sort of... I'm assuming we had a shorter version on screen. And obviously, we don't hear mm. all of it because Sam, a.k.a. Chad, is trying to convince um, Ray, the dad, to go in and watch, basically. Um, we should mention before we get there, actually, that uh, Chris does meet a nice uh, young woman at the uh, film Disco Inferno just before they leave that's
1: right yeah i mean i mean that's kind of the, the, what i was getting at with regards to chris yeah. playing the guitar because sam walks in on chris playing the guitar in his room and you know he's he's just banging away on this thing playing playing a few uh bits of lead and so on and it, it it's obvious the kid has talent but this leads to chris explaining that this young lady is coming over to visit and he turns to his big brother and says promise that you won't hit on her please <laughs> yeah and that one comment added to has, what you saw earlier in the episode, yeah. kind of te- tells you a great deal about who who this Chad Stone person is, I think.
0: Well, he's, he's a young lad, he's a good-looking lad, and he's a stuntman in Hollywood, you know, essentially. Okay, yes, it's a low-budget film, but, you you know, he's kind of using that to his advantage <laughs> to a degree. Yeah. But <laughs> it, does, it does say that, like you said, it does say a lot about uh, Chad, who is like... <laughs> You know, oh, nice looking girl. Yeah, yeah, why not? And then, you know, I can actually imagine, even though we know Sam has only just leapt in and will not know anybody's name, anybody's, not male or female, you can kind of imagine Chad being like very much um, not remembering names after a couple of days. <laughs> mm. So, um, yeah, you know, I'm not saying that is true because we don't know that, but I can imagine Chad being like that, to be honest.
1: Yeah, yeah, totally. I mean, whilst the, I mean, to me, it's a bit of a weird setup anyway. I mean, I've got a brother and if he was bringing a girl over to the house and we, we, we shared a room, my parents had the main bedroom, obviously my sister had the box bedroom and me and my brother had the sort of secondary room. Yeah. If my brother was bringing a girl over for a while, I'd make myself scarce. I wouldn't want to be sat there with them.
0: Yeah. I think, but I think part of that is also a case of, uh, Chris didn't expect her to turn up maybe. Cause he does kind of react like he's quite shocked that she's turned up. So maybe part of that as well. And he's definitely not in a box room. Them, them apartments over there are definitely quite nice. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Fair enough.
1: Mate. Fair enough. Uh,
0: that's my logic anyway. I mean, i my, my logic with that is even while they're living together, it's probably that Chris is not long come or maybe only been there, maybe a few months. Okay. trying to get his stuntman card. So he's living with his brother, save money. You know, while he's working for his dad, you know, working for his dad's company. Um, so he can then get his card and then he can obviously he'll work for his dad more than likely. That's what the plan is. But then mm. he'll be a qualified stuntman so he can, you know, move on to do whatever he wants to do in that stuntman world.
1: No, that makes a lot of sense, actually. That, that, that explains a great deal of, of those questions, I guess. I mean, whilst they're all sat there on this kind of odd, you know, I suppose, third wheel date, I suppose they're watching no, I'll an episode give you that, I'll of, give
0: you that it's a bit weird that Chad aka Sam stayed in the house <laughs> yeah. I'll give you that I'll give you that bit yeah
1: yeah um they are watching Saturday night live and we have Bill Murray Dan Ackroyd, and Chevy Chase on the screen don't we Benny
0: Yeah there's a few uh, things I found about the Saturday night live episode um apparently this episode so the epi- this episode of Consulate takes place in April 1st 1976 this is a Thursday and yet an episode of Saturday night live is also on TV so it's also oh, yeah. a- uh, so unless it's a repeat, but they don't act like it's a repeat, do they? Because Sam says something, oh yeah, this is, this is funny. And then uh, Chris goes, no, this is live. Yeah. Oh well, yeah. So, you know, it is ripping into it a little bit. Um, also, so not only are they in the wrong year for the film they're making, yeah, they're on the, the wrong, wrong bleeding day of, day of, the, day of week. the week. Yeah. <laughs> also, Bill Murray, apparently, I mean, I've never watched Saturday we Live. We're, we live in the UK. I don't even know where you would watch it if we were to watch it in the UK. Um, but also Bill Murray and Chevy Chase, according to this person, uh, are both in the episode shown. Yet they never appeared on Saturday Night Live, apparently together. At least, anyway, they weren't on the oh. same episode at the same time. Um, so, and then also there's a the sketch. Obviously, we see of Chevy Chase intimidating Gerald Ford, who is famous. Uh, he's a president of the United States, but was also mocked quite a lot by because he kept falling over, <laughs> basically yeah. on camera. Um, and it was taken from Saturday Night Live. Uh, which aired in November twenty uh, November twenty second nineteen seventy five, um, and obviously the episode we're in nineteen seventy six. So it happened. So that clip they showed of Chevy Chase was actually from five months. Well, it's two, five months um, too early, <laughs> basically.
1: Yeah, and it's you know, like you said, they they state on the episode because this becomes a big. A big part of the plot of the episode doesn't it towards the end that watching the television together and sam commenting on remembering something on screen and they're saying you can't remember it effectively it life. hasn't happened yet yeah or it's not yeah, yeah, yeah. Li- yeah so the fact that you've then said that this is a thursday rather than a saturday and it's yeah, it's, well, it's, it's also that. it's also five months out with regards to dates and so on. Yeah, it's yeah. really interesting to me. That, that's, that's a brilliant little, little tidbit there.
0: <laughs> I, wonder, I wonder if the quantum leap when he time travels, it, it creates some sort of, as they would say in Star Trek, a temporal anomaly. So Sam remembers it, but actually it probably shouldn't be shown, but the people that are living there are none the wiser. <laughs> Apart from the fact it's Thursday, which, so it makes no sense on that. No, one. mate, uh, no, it, it's not that
1: complicated, mate. They, you, you're, you're you're doing them far too big a justice. Yeah of, am, they, yeah, of course they I they just they just screwed
0: up. Just it's simple I'm just trying to fill the holes in so it make it so it makes more sense. Yeah, maybe, you know. But no, they just screwed that up. That's what that. Comes maybe, out maybe, to. maybe, maybe this is not even our universe. Maybe this is a parallel universe, and Saturday Night Live is not actually Saturday Night Live. Maybe it's Thursday Night Live.
1: Mm. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> oh we, we get and get told that uh the the earthquake set is effectively ready for them to go to work in the next day or so and yeah. sam has to do a stunt which is described as a little fall it's nothing too drastic yeah, and it right. cuts to them uh, at the scene and sam is ridiculously ridiculously high up isn't
0: he yeah it's um yeah a little fall i don't know what a big fall is in stunt. man terms Um, but a little fall a little fall to me is maybe off the end of the bed (laughs) right okay (laughs) Um, not what I would say is probably about anything up to 30 stories I don't know I have no idea he's probably on the 30 or 35th floor he might be on the 20th I don't know (laughs) but it's a bloody long way up either way it's not a little fall at all
1: yes yeah very long way up very long way up
0: that wig is awful by the way that he wears as well which he's supposed to be <laughs> the wig he's got on
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. I, mean, I suppose in a way it, it it kind of does fit in because you watch 70s movies and they cut to the stunt man for a certain scene yeah and you can see now especially with the you know with, with that the fact that HD has come along, ultra HD has come along and these movies weren't filmed to be looked at necessarily in that way. You can clearly see that some of these people are not who they're supposed to be. And yeah, that the wigs are terrible. And yeah. on, on, on certain occasions, the stunt man is a foot taller than the actor and stuff like this, you know?
0: Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I don't know this cause I've not seen the film. Um, as I said, I think maybe um, I'm actually looking at a screenshot right now of Lawn Green and uh, from that scene that they would have taken from. So that clip I said they showed in the actual episode of Quantum Leap, I'm wondering if it's like actual footage from the film Earthquake, and they've tried to make Sam look like one of the people that would be in the film. Okay. So when it comes to the actual clip of the guy falling, it's actually from the film, but Sam looks like it. So you, you kind of melded the two together to make it look like it's Sam doing it, but actually you can see, tell that it's film footage. Yeah, no, I understand. Maybe, maybe so. I reckon we'll have to do an earthquake uh, review, mate. It's <laughs> like a bonus yeah. episode or something. Episode.
1: Yeah. <laughs> uh, Sam eventually gets round to speaking to uh, Tracy, the lady who is, um, shall we say, vying for Chad's attention, to put it politely. And um, Sam is trying to get Tracy to set up a chance for Chris with his music, as you explains, Benny. She's she's part of the the people making the soundtrack for certain movies and she knows people in that business so this is set up for chris and he's going yep. to play uh, effectively like an open mic night sort of sort of effort isn't it
0: uh yeah i think it's like a local watering hole bar whatever and um although she does more disco and that kind of stuff she's obviously in a label uh, of a you know a place that produces music so but she does make out that you, we never meet the guy but she does make make out that the guy's quite a sleazy person but he can make things happen mm. so it's a good opportunity for Chris to show off his skills and yeah. also play live I'm assuming for the first time in front of a crowd which he doesn't seem to he takes to fish like a fish to water as they say he doesn't there's no nerves on him at all he just goes out and he smack and the song's good you know it's quite a nice little catchy tune um, do you know what's not but, good? What's that?
1: Chris's guitar playing?
0: Apparently so, yes. I mean, I don't play a guitar, but uh, um, apparently he's not even holding the right chords and stuff. Mate, so. it
1: is, honestly, it is it is shocking. The the, the Obviously, the, the person who is actually uh, playing and, and actually singing...
0: Yeah, I was going to say, he's not singing that, is he? No,
1: no, no. The person who is actually performing the song is incredibly talented. The actor who plays Chris, who is playing the person playing the guitar, doesn't even try it's like he, he effectively holds an A chord for the majority of the song, whilst bits of like quite intricate, you know, uh, the picking lead and so on is 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 coming out of the amplifiers. His miming isn't particularly great, but you can get I, miming. I can, I can understand, you know, it's miming. It's a weird thing to be doing and, and and I appreciate that. But when your character is supposed to be a guitarist, to me, just take half hour to learn, a, just bang out a few chords, man. Do you know what I mean? Like, just learn how to do a bit, you know?
0: they could have done it in a way that like, um, I mean, it would have been quite difficult, I suppose, not to film. We could film. So when they did close-ups, maybe they could have done it from the side. They could have done his face, his top half. So you couldn't see the guitar. Well, they Uh, did that
1: earlier on in the show, didn't they? When when he was playing his, in his bedroom, playing the guitar in his bedroom, any shot that you saw him playing the guitar, the fretboard was out of shot, but you could see him playing the guitar, but you couldn't see what is his, his left hand. And then, when you saw his left hand and what he's his left hand was doing on the fretboard, you didn't see it actually that, that left hand attached to a left arm, which was attached to a left shoulder on Chris. Yeah. You know, it was quite cleverly filmed this scene here to me. It really took me out of the moment because the guitar playing was obviously, I mean, I mean, so obviously not the guy on stage. It really kind of, it just looks shoddy to me. And I hate saying that because quantum is one of my favorite TV programs. As we, as we both yeah, say yeah. so often, but I just looked at it and thought, Oh man, come on, be, be better than that. You know?
0: But I mean, I don't play guitar. I wouldn't have a freaking clue. I don't think, I don't think guitar hero uh, counts. Um, <laughs> so, um, I, you know, I wouldn't know. I mean, you can tell it's not him singing or at least if it is him singing, it's very produced, which is fine. Again, I like the song. In the moment, it's um, but for me, it's honestly,
1: not. It's not him singing. I've looked it up. No, no,
0: no. I'm just saying, like him, <laughs> but it, it may have been overly produced. I just don't know. Yeah, but I'm, but I'm with you. I don't think it is him singing. Pretty, I'm 98 percent sure it's not him singing. Um, but it's just a case of uh, for me because I'm not a guitar player. It isn't. It isn't something that bothered me because I wouldn't know anyway. Um, if you if you're aware of it, you can go. Yeah, that's not right. And it, yeah, I'm I'm sure it winds people up. Obviously, as we've actually gone through this episode, we found ended up finding a few things that weren't (laughs) right at all in some cases. So, um, you know, it's quite bad, really. We're trying to make...
1: The the, the time stuff. I'll tell you I'm really angry. I I come across really angry here, and my notes make me sound really angry as I read them back, about the guitar thing. Because you, you don't have to learn how to play the song. Literally, just pick up three, or four chords. I could teach yeah. you three or four chords, nay, Benny. If we were, bo- if we both had a guitar on our laps, turned our um our webcams on, I could teach you three or four chords within twenty minutes. Yeah, it's not it's not difficult to learn a couple of chords. Okay, um, um to learn how to play guitar properly and well, which is something I definitely cannot do, that is difficult. But to be able to make it passable for ten seconds on television, you can do that. But that yeah, is obviously a choice they made, and that's that's the road they went down. I'm more angry now. I think about it about the bloody time stuff. Thursday yeah. night has got Saturday Night Live on, and they're out with the date of the film, and that that annoys me. <laughs>
0: <laughs> See the date of the film. Unless, the thing is, the date of the film I wouldn't have known because I wouldn't unless we unless we were weren't doing this. It isn't something I would go. I would even pick up on probably, um, yeah. but the fact that it is a Thursday night and they're watching Saturday Night Live, I was like, "What?" <laughs> so yeah. I did pick up on that. I mean, on IMDb, quickly. Um, obviously, this—I don't know whether this is. I don't think it is you, but <laughs> somebody called Chris Gray on IMDb. So if you happen to listen to this podcast, well done. Uh, but uh, it says who's the guitarist, and it says <laughs> and that's the name of the uh, review. Uh, well, it certainly isn't Chris Cam. <laughs> 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 All of those uh, close-up of the fretboard are someone who can really play and um, any guitar pick... What was I say someone who can really play uh, any of the guitar pickers in Nashville could do it. Uh, then when you see his long shots of uh, Chris, it's so obvious he can't play a note just moving his hand up and down the fretboard. Laughable. And he's, other than that, a good solid story. <laughs> so <laughs> the thing he taking from this episode... and he gave it an 8 out of 10, by the way, on IMDb. Obviously, we do ours out of 5. Yeah that's a good solid score but the only thing that's bugged him is and found by the sounds of it on your the only reason i mention it i wasn't going to but the only reason i mention it's because you're rant about the guitar now so the only thing that annoys him pisses him off is the guitar playing here so <laughs> um obviously there are people that will find it annoying because yeah you know I'm, again i'm not someone who plays so i unless you unless he was playing guitar hero <laughs> <laughs> um, you know I mean, what does bug me i can do this because i can drive so when you watch films like bad boys back in the day the first film great film by the way but when martin is it martin lawrence driving the, the truck and he's moving the freaking steering wheel left and right constantly while he's driving it, it's like you would be swaying all over the road mate what are you doing you know so i, That's I can relate
1: thing isn't it you yeah. see a lot of tv shows of a certain era and when they're driving they do that kind of constant rocking of the steering wheel They like, do, just yeah. as, and it's, it's a very american thing because when you watch I suppose, British, UK programmes or whatever from around that time, it, you see far, far, far less of that.
0: Yeah. I think uh, some cases, you like then I would assume that in particular what I'm on about would have been filmed. They would have had like a screen going around in the background so the van wouldn't yeah. actually be moving. So they're trying to add drama or suspense or we need to get there quickly, you know, type thing. Um, but that's why what I'm, what I'm, the reason I brought it up is because I can't play a guitar, but I can drive a vehicle. So I know that you wouldn't be... So I can see why people are getting annoyed by it. So anybody that's not a guitar player listening be like, why, it's only, it's only a guitar, it's only a TV show. No, no, no. It's the same equivalent of some Muppet on screen wagging the wheel about constantly left to right when you know you'd be swaying all over the road. So yeah. I can see why people get annoyed by the fact that they can't represent the guitar being played properly. So I understand your frustration is what I'm oh, getting Don't at. get
1: me wrong. I, I, I'm I'm not a very... I'm not a talented guitarist. I, like I said, I could pick a guitar up, I could, I can I can bang out a few tunes, I can play a few chords, whatever. I could show you how to do uh, you know a simple A chord, a simple G, a, a D, an E minor, whatever. I could show you that, but I, I wouldn't be able to play anything that is being played in this this episode. My son could. My son is an incredible guitarist, absolutely fantastic. He's he, I'd say 95 percent self-taught as well, which is insane. Really, when you see what you can play but I'm, I'm nowhere near the level of what you hear on this episode of quantum leap. I'm just saying it won't be that difficult to make it look convincing in the same way. It wouldn't be that difficult to be sat in the trailer on a Saturday night watching Saturday night Live.
0: Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, there you go. We we, we are oh. bagging on this episode quite a bit, to be fair. Yeah. But I, but the weird thing is I liked it. I liked the episode. So <laughs> Well, there you go then. Um, do you know what, mate? I've lost track of where we actually are in the episode right, now. It's okay. It's okay. We're are at the go? bar and Chris, okay, has, cool. just, Chris has just okay. like t- torn
1: the place down. He's, he's, he's completely rocked the joint. His dad is drunk. Sam is trying to convince Chris's dad to come and at least listen to his music. Uh, his his yeah. dad says something along the lines of, he uh, like Chris, that he was born weak and he tries to leave. And I've got a note here that simply says, what the fuck is this guy's problem?
0: yeah he's had a few beers as well, which doesn't make this is not an excuse because he's kind of like anyway you actually probably see more of his true self in this moment um and he's like um I think you're wasting your time which is probably the most put down you can put on somebody who's got a um a passion for something you know I think you're wasting your time that yeah. will only just shoot especially when it's your parent whether it be a you know your your mother or your father you know if they say oh you can't do it you know, years later they might achieve this goal and go, Oh, I knew you could do it. You said no, no, but I, I told you that so you wouldn't um so I'd see if you could do it, you know, and it's BS. No. If your kid chose a a talent or something they want to do, encourage it. You don't go, I think you're wasting your time. And this this dude is a freaking douche in this moment. Yeah, and then he 100%. tries to do the whole then he tries to do the whole like, oh, come on, you know, and tries to push him and tries to sort of toughen him up and i'm using that inverted commas and then makes us the snide comment of if you would be a lot stronger if i'd have raised you instead of your mum. and chris for the first time in a while i think and i when i've watched something is the most warranted punch i've seen for a while because he proper levers him doesn't he levels him he hits him you know right and then his dad said makes a comment of like oh he, he punches pretty good he goes it's a good job you was holding me as in naming towards chad aka sam and yeah. it's a good job. It's a good job. He only threw one because Chris levels him. And I tell you mm-hmm. what, I think most of us probably would have done the same thing. Not everybody, not every one of us, but I think ninety percent of people in that situation would have lamped him. To be yeah. honest, I yeah.
1: I mean, from there, Chris is obviously enraged. He's he's fed up. He wants to prove his. Da- he wants to prove something to his dad. Um, I, I suppose it comes down to an, a. a uh um, a, a seal of approval kind of thing, making your father proud, but also trying to say, I bloody told you so sort, sort of effort. They're not letting him do any stunts on the film they're currently working on. He's been shunned with regards to his incredibly talented guitar playing. So he decides to call up the original director from the film that they walked off set from and say he will do the fire stunt, which is the big finale of the movie. And sounds yeah. very dangerous. And the the dad of the scene is sorry. I keep forgetting the guy's name. Roy, isn't it, Benny? Oh, uh, Roy. Yeah. Yes. Roy yeah, has yeah, said. Roy. Roy has took his sons off that set, uh, as Benny explained earlier on in the episode, because the guy is is dangerous and not doing things how he should be. So Chris here is now saying, right. Well, I know you need a stunt man. I'm going to prove it to my dad. I'm going to go and do this stunt, and I'm going to get my card, and then I can leave, and I can go and do stunts on my own without my asshole of a father. Yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah, and I understand that in that moment. I mean, Ray, you know, he is a douche in that moment, and he's got that sort of... I don't know whether it's stiff up a lip, because that's more of a British thing, but he's got that very, like, set in his ways, it should be done this way, not this way. Um, but in terms of doing the job correctly, in terms of stuntmen, he knows this stuff, he's been doing it for, you know, decades. Um, so he made the right choice, although Chris was disappointed to be taken off that movie, to not get his card, to prove it, Um you know, you can see why Ray would do the right thing and to protect his boys or anybody. Yeah. So, you know, especially his boys. We then
1: get quite, I suppose the most emotional scene uh, to me, it's the most emotional scene, I suppose, of quantum leap so far, not just this episode, but what we've seen Benny, where Sam, uh, well, as Chad, but Sam is talking to Al again and he's saying about how he remembers his brother was a bit of a hothead or his brother would be trying to protect him, uh, his brother, Tom, sorry, back, back in, you know, where Sam grew up. And to me, this is amazing from, from Scott Bakula. It's so simple. So, so incredibly striking. He's talking about his brother and you can literally, see, he doesn't need any words. You can literally see the moment on his face when he remembers his brother had has passed away in Vietnam. Yeah yeah and scott Bakula here is just this is fantastic isn't it
0: yeah like you said you can once you kind of you can almost i mean we know though because we've watched it before but i do remember watching this the first time and you can just see his face and i think his brain going oh no my brother's and you can almost see it's heartbreaking at the same time it's yeah. it's hard unless you see it it's hard to explain but it might in that moment i'm very much with you it's a very good then scott Bakula, is a especially off playing off dean stockwell in this show i always felt like they should have done like a buddy cop movie at some point as well but um they obviously they didn't but um <laughs> but they play off each other so well i mean I sent you, I mean, it's not related to this at all in the sense of the, uh, the episode, sorry, but um, that scene I sent you after when Dean passed away and there yeah. was a the scene where Scott Bakula is Archer and Enterprise and they, them two meet in that uh, in that uh, series and Dean Stockwell's playing a, well, you think it's a prison but it's actually more like a concentration camp and there's a different story in that altogether but the way they play off each other and the way Dean delivers his lines and Scott delivers his lines even though it's not quantum leap, you just go, those two just play off each other so well. Um, so yeah, the, but yeah, seeing Sam's face, like you said, he, without saying anything, you see his brain go, my brother's dead. And you almost see it, like I said, you, I, I swear you see his heart breaking in that moment as well. And I imagine that's what it would have been like for him when he was, when his brother actually died, when he would have been around uh, as just himself, not um, leaping around in time. It's in the eyes, isn't it? It's in his eyes. use. So, you can see yeah. it. You know, it's, it,
1: it, and it's, this isn't something that you can do. You can't just decide, I'm going to make my eyes do this or portray that. But he, he can. He, he, he's, it's almost like his eyes, they look dimmer for a second. Like the, the, the sort of sparkle in his eyes, the, the sort of happiness he has as he's describing his brother and, and talking about it, it, his his brother back home and so on. He's got that little sparkle in his eye because he's in bit of, it, it's almost chirpy to a degree. And then it's yeah. like the flick of a switch and it just disappears. And it's like, oh man, it just rips your heart out. Right? It's so good.
0: Yeah. And again, we, um, we, so we learn a bit more about Sam as well. We've heard mention of a sister before. Mm. Um, and then, he, then we, oh, he's got a brother. Oh, okay. And then obviously we find out that his brother, we found out his sister in um, Kamikaze Kid, I believe, that... Um, just to recap, if anybody didn't listen to season one with us, <laughs> um, well, well, or of or why the bloody hell not? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, just in case you haven't, uh, if you haven't, and you want to, and you somehow clicked on this episode, I'm going to spoil it now. So please go back and <laughs> listen. But yeah. um, he obviously, it gets revealed that um, his sister married young to get off the farm, and it turns out that relationship was abusive. So in terms of his siblings, not not the perfect childhood really yeah now, far from it, mate. losing his brother in Vietnam as well which we then find out in this episode so um, we get another snippet into Sam's previous uh, life to a degree which is nice to know but like you said just to round it off quickly the way he delivers that sort of news because as a viewer you don't know it's coming until he says it um, and even Al's face and is like I really wish this was the one thing I wish you wouldn't remember yeah, obviously it was yeah. a, obviously it is a big deal. It's always going to be a big deal, but he was really close to Tom. So for him to remember this while he's in the middle of trying to deal with, but again, I like the fact you could argue oh they've just done that because of the little brother they've done they could you know if they if they re- revealed this in another episode like in freaking play it again Seymour it wouldn't have made any sense because it doesn't mirror what's going on. The yeah,
1: and, and that sort of Swiss cheese effect of his mind wouldn't be sort of counteracted by
0: Exactly, yeah. So you, you know, know there's no
1: spark of memory there, I guess.
0: There's many things that we've ragged on in this episode. There are some real good points in this as well. So um, uh, but to have it linked side by side with him being the big brother trying to look after Chris and also fighting Chris's corner to be a guitar player. Um obviously we get to the scene after this, the night after, after Chris didn't come home, where is he? And he's like, oh, I know if I know my boys, he's with that, he's with that girl, you know, whatever. Um, and you know, and then the dad does admit, oh no, yeah, he's good. Because why didn't you tell him that last night instead of mm. saying I think you're wasting your time? You know, it's because you, things have to be a certain way or whatever, or you want him to be in this box of a stuntman when actually he shouldn't be a stuntman. Is <laughs> yeah. basically the gist of it.
1: Yeah, very much so. Um, we basically get then to. Very quickly before we move on totally from the whole, um, Sam's brother, Tom and so on. I'm not going to go into too much detail because I don't want to sort of ruin it for people as they listen along to our podcast. Maybe people are watching the show back with us. Yeah. Maybe they've never seen Quantum Leap before. I mean, it's, it seems silly talking about spoilers considering the show is 30 odd years old, but it is what it is. I understand some people may not have seen this before. Yeah. So that really stood out to me, Benny, that you'll get what I mean here and we'll touch back upon it in future episodes. Okay. We obviously know where we're heading at the end of this season with yes, regards yes. to certain episodes and certain plot lines. I thought it was fascinating that this here, the second episode of the season, is already sort of foreshadowing where we're going.
0: Yeah, do you know what? Until so you literally just said that. I mean, I know where it's going, obviously. And you're right. It, you're actually you're spot on. It's
1: really clever, just a little sort of, what uh, do they call them Easter eggs or whatever? I'm not sure. Just a well, sort of... um,
0: it's foreshadowing. You know, you're right. It's mm. a, it's foreshadowing um, because of what's going to come. And I, you know, I feel re- I'm not going to, I'm going cause I made a comment in season one of like some, well, I don't know whether I said it on air. Um, and I've said to you, I know I have, that sometimes I, I like the episodes that have more of a story arc. Maybe it's a two parter or whatever. We don't get a lot of that in quantum leap. Um, but then you did say, like, well, I quite like the individual stories. Boom, did this, you're out. Yeah, but there is, as you just, as you just reminded me, at least maybe not season one so much, but there are little things in there that maybe foreshadow, maybe into season three. Actually, now that you said foreshadowing, but season two has started a little bit different in a sense of, especially episode two. Um, like you said, it's foreshadowing what's to come, and even though I, because I was thinking they're very. Sta- like everybody loves friends and I love friends. I think it's great, but there's a lot of standalone episodes that we just get to know the characters a bit more. And that's kind of what Quanta Leap is doing within one and two. But like you said, the foreshadowing of mentioning, you know, fa- Sam's uh, previous life, essentially. Mm-hmm. You're right. I think so. Actually there is an underlying story there that I may not have been overly thinking of when we started this podcast
1: yeah yeah i mean it, it just popped up it, it you know just literally popped in my head as i was watching it thinking wow okay i never really thought about that before but there we go all that may seem a bit cryptic a bit a bit vague but things yeah. will become clear as you carry right. on listening to this 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 show benny and i are, are, are putting out for you and we get to the end of this season and and into future mm-hmm. episodes yeah. uh chris is on the set of the the original movie by this stage
0: inferno the title name of the episode mate
1: (laughs) oh yeah okay (laughs) (laughs) uh the the girl that is effectively now i suppose chris's girlfriend is is, we find that her name is shannon and she is there looking very grossed out as this director acts really sleazy around her and basically i suppose i suppose he sort of reaffirms all the suspicions that we were discussing earlier benny about how much for how much of a just a low life he is is it because he's got
0: that tash as well? Do you think that's what it is? Uh, <laughs> he's got that I don't know stereotypical that. 70s, and I dare say it, porn star moustache going on. Wow.
1: The <laughs> 70s were a bit of a seedy time as well, weren't they?
0: Um, I wouldn't know. I wasn't born yet. But I, well, Nor was on... I. Fuck it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, Are you sure? I yes, feel like I'm
0: you... bloody sure.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I'm getting a birth certificate for the next time we... Uh...
0: <laughs> really yeah, cool. why not?
1: Just hold it up to the camera. Oh dear! <laughs> uh, it turns out that they're filming the final stunt, the big, the big fire scene, without a rehearsal. There's explosions, there's fire, etc., all planned for this, I suppose, grand finale of, of this this low budget movie. But there's no no rehearsal taking place. Which
0: but this this director? Yeah, no, you're right. And this director doesn't take any advice from anybody one of the guys comes says i don't think the fuses are right or something very quickly it's kind of there and it's gone and then he goes oh, oh we're going to film the rehearsal and then he's like oh get me out of this chair It's one of those chairs where you lift the director up so they can see where the camera's going to be to yes. you know gauge the shot and he's like oh get me out of this chair i don't like it so he's more concerned about his own safety and which he should be concerned about everybody's safety he's a damn director um it doesn't mean you just stand there and go action you're supposed to direct everything from freaking you know what needs to be there that day what safety measures need to be there make sure everybody's doing their job properly essentially a director is a manager of a film essentially that's how i look at it um but he's very much like i said earlier just happy he just wants to be the big i am get his money and go i think to be honest um and he's very much like time is money maybe he's working on it. if i can get this film shot in a certain amount of days maybe i will get a bonus i don't know but he's mm. very very much a twat basically i'm gonna say yeah yeah um, pretty much right pretty much is <laughs> twat. i don't use that word lightly but um there's another word for him i was going to use but i think it's a bit too thingy for the podcast yeah <laughs> and, that's leave yeah, that well alone <laughs> yeah my <laughs> mum would uh, slap my wrist if i said that word um but yeah. um yeah he's a he's a he's a twat and <laughs> doesn't care about anybody else's safety and then he's like oh yeah we're gonna film the rehearsal as far as i'm concerned that guy has gone all right, we'll film the rehearsal. But actually, he doesn't. He doesn't. He's not filming the rehearsal. He just wants to get the shot done. And what? Yeah, he's is- got no. He's got no
1: ambitions or inkling to want to do a second take. The rehearsal yeah. to him is what we're doing.
0: Yeah, he's going to film the rehearsal with the explosions and everything. Um, and what an idiot, basically. Yeah,
1: yeah, totally. And, and what we can, I suppose, what we can predict is going to happen happens. The charges go off. The explosion happens. The fire is out of control. It's, it's quite a, uh, a sort of scary scene. Chris is stuck in the middle of this kind of, well, li- literally an, an inferno to which by this stage, Sam has arrived because he hears from Al what is going on. This is obviously where Chris is going to pass away. Al yep. guides Sam to Chris by using his voice Sam finds Chris on the floor, gets him out, and some music plays. Sam carries him out. The, out. He's all, Chris is on the floor. Eventually, he sort of wakes up coughing and so on. And I don't know, I don't know why. Maybe it's the the way it's filmed. Maybe it's the some of the clothing they're wearing. Um I mean, the Eighteen wasn't a seventies TV program by any stretch of the imagination. Quantum Leap was closer to the Eighteen than you know seventy six but when this scene finished and you've got a couple of people arguing and the accents and so on, I've got huge 18 vibes from the very end of this episode.
0: All right. Okay. <laughs> Fair enough. I'm not, I've not watched enough 18 to know mate, to be honest. So. <laughs> okay.
1: Maybe we'll do an 18 podcast.
0: <laughs> I love the <laughs> I I lo- 18. I, um,
1: I say I love the 18. I-, I used to love the 18. It was a big part of my childhood. And yeah. I, watched an ep- I watched an episode back with my son a few years ago. It's not aged well, mate. And I was so you know. gutted.
0: <laughs> well, you know, I mean, I just want to say quickly about this, you know, the explosions go off and Chris falls through this. Uh he's on like a balcony type thing. They've wired the explosions way too long. There's a lot of fire going on. Yeah. Uh the dad has to be restrained and pulled out of the building so Sam can get to Chris. As you said, Al guides him. Um it does show a bit the um the technology a bit here, um, because Al is stood in the flames and Obviously, they used to use blue screens for this. Uh, they tend to use green screen these days and chroma key, but um, you can tell Al has been put there after quite clearly, but then he's in a fire, so they can't yeah. really hide it as well as what they could maybe in other areas. Not that the show it gets better, I think, doesn't it? They do they have very creative oh, ways yeah. of doing yeah. things, um, um, down the line, but yeah, this is one of those moments where. Yeah, he's a hologram. I get that, but actually, no. You could also argue that, you know, the fire is there. It's not completely out of place, but there's just that split moment of like, yeah, you've been put there after <laughs> type thing. But he's supposed to be a hologram anyway, so you could argue that point as well. So, um, other than that, that's the only thing I take from that. Really, in that particular scene, it was uh, a bit. Oh, you know, it's not aged well. It's, but it still looks better than the um, the the cutaway that I said about earlier. It's from the uh, Sam doing the earthquake stunt it looks better than that still (laughs) yeah i think you're right i think you're right um Um,
1: i mean effectively that's that's kind of what sam thinks he's here to do he's in his mind he's completed his mission for want of a better term so he's asking al why haven't i leapt Uh, and eventually we we see sam sat with the whole family um chris is in, in plaster the dad is there, swinging a beer, and and sh- the young girl Shannon is there as well, and they're all watching basketball and just joking and laughing and having a bit a bit of family time, which was nice to see considering the rocky road we've encountered them having during yeah. this episode. Yeah, that's how why hasn't he left yet?
0: I think it's been about a week or so, hasn't it? Since you know, he's been there an, an extra week or something, hmm.
1: you know. Yeah, okay, yeah, okay. I mean, which is funny because what's, what's he doing for a week? He's just going to work and.
0: Well, I think because Chris was in hospital, I would assume you know. Uh, then he's got. We see him with a cast on, so mm. you know he might have been in the hospital for a couple of days, and then they get him home. And then he's probably been at home with them for about three days, I reckon, roughly. I don't know this; I'm just guessing. Yeah. Um, but as you probably get into, Al's like, you know, he's like, "Why am I left?" And Al's like, "You know, what's your hurry? Well, you not, you know, you're enjoying your your family time to a degree? So it's nice for Sam to stop and see that see the fruits of his labor to a degree, actually, because he saved Chris. Normally, when he completes a mission at least so far he saves the person or rights or wrong or whatever the mission is and then he's gone and you know he gets to spend a little bit of time with this makeshift family that isn't technically his but he's got a younger brother and a dad and a almost a sister-in-law to a degree for, for a couple of days so it's I, I, yeah. I quite like it because he's got a nice he can see how they progress over the next few days at least before he moves on to whatever he's going to do next
1: I suppose what you kind of forget about, your, uh, you know, uh, as a viewer, um, y- you, me, and anyone else watching, though, is the other side of this. If he stayed there for a week, poor Chad is in that bloody room in that white pajama yeah. gear in the future, just sat there, bored out of his freaking mind, wondering what the hell's going on.
0: I would assume they would have, they would, uh, make sure he's all right, at least <laughs> in the future, being a yeah. few. Yeah. But when they get, when, when they come back, we've seen it before in a previous episode. Um, Oh, what was the uh when he was the hitman in F season one? We've seen him, so we leap from the one the character he was into the Don, essentially, didn't he? Yes. And we see the person. Double identity. Back. Double identity, thank you. And he comes a bit like uh a bit like oh, where, where are we? What are we who am I, what am I doing? type thing. So we know that they get a bit disorientated when they come back. So um Chris probably uh uh not Chris, sorry, uh Chad isn't probably not going to remember the waiting room within about 10 seconds of being back anyway. So, you know, (laughs) but yeah, I just liked it from Sam's point of view. At least he gets to see his, you know, good work done for a change. Cause like I said, he normally leaps pretty much straight out.
1: Yeah. I mean, we find out though, don't we, that he is waiting on one little thing, I suppose. Yeah. And it's a throwback to when Sam was predicting what was going to happen on Saturday night live on a Thursday. And that comes up here again. I mean, Al initially shows Sam a picture of his brother, which is a real oh, nice touch. Yeah. And, and Sam does try and go and take the picture, but obviously he can't, but he can see it. And that was a nice moment. And, and they're watching yes, again, basketball.
0: Again, Al breaking the rules a little bit again, really. He's naughty, isn't he? Eh? He, is, uh, he is, really.
1: <laughs> what a little scamp. Um, <laughs> the basketball finishes. And we get footage of the president of the United States exiting an airplane and coming down the stairs with his wife. And Al kind of explains to Sam that they need to try and get maybe Chris to go into his music, or at least Sam's trying to talk to Roy about this. Yeah, about it. And And even the girlfriend
0: chips in a bit as well, which means the relationship has probably been a bit longer for her to get used to their dad as well, for her to be saying that, um, Yes, yeah, so as you were saying, Al says, um, oh, this is because you see Gerald Ford walking down the steps, and he goes, oh, this is where he falls. This is where he falls. And then Sam goes, oh, I know. I tell you what, if he goes something about predicting the future or whatever, his dad says, he goes, actually, I can, yeah. Gerald yeah. Ford is going to fall off these steps in a minute. And he's like, no, there's no way you can know this. This is live. He goes, all right, I'll bet Chris's future. And Chris is like, hang on a minute. Do, don't I get a save? Yeah. <laughs>
1: again we know the crowd we know sam's from the future we know that we know the situation yeah, yeah. can you imagine go. chris uh, chris at that moment must be thinking dude shut the hell up
0: <laughs> yeah because he the dad the dad still wants chris to come and work for them at the seat he's got his card now even though he's in an accident on set he's still got his card so he can come and work for them if he wants sam and the girlfriend are convincing the dad that he's really good he goes, Oh, yeah, he's all right for a man or whatever. Um, he goes, I bet you Gerald Ford falls. And if I'm wrong, Chris comes to work with us. If I'm right, Chris pursues music. Yeah. And Dad's like, All right. Thinking Chad's lost it probably <laughs> at this point, goes, I'll take you on that. And then I, what I love about it is that Sam's now crouched in front of the TV and he's kind of sidely going to Al, going, are you sure this is when he falls? And then I was like, I'm pretty sure. Because he was got from- It does
1: take ages, doesn't it? It takes a yeah. little
0: while. Yeah, but he always got this thing of like, yeah, he falls, he falls. Then he goes, are you sure? And he's like, yeah, I think so. <laughs> so then he's gone from being like <laughs> 100% to about 70% sure that this guy falls. Um, and then, uh, then it's a nice little moment where Gerald Ford once again falls down these steps. They're all shocked and like laughing, and Chris laughs and smiles at Chad. Aka Sam. Sam smiles at him, and then he puts a thumb out, and then he does leap. So he wasn't just there to save his life; he was there to correct it, maybe. Yeah. To, or maybe to, both. Perhaps it was both. Maybe he both. was there yeah. to, say, you know, that there would be nothing to correct if he died in the fire. So. Oh yeah, um but again, we we can ask that question of like, would this have played out? Would have so? Would if Chris- Sam hadn't have been there? Would have Chris died maybe a few days earlier? on that set of disco inferno or would he have done the jump on earthquake because chad mm. would have gone, yeah do that then so well,
1: it's- yeah, sam's the one who gets him the open mic audition fire tracy for his dad to see which re- then makes chris lose his temper and go back onto the yeah, set exactly. of disco so, Inferno. Yeah. so sam kind of triggers that
0: yeah, if yeah, if you want to look at it that way, it's almost like a final destination type thing. He's almost got to almost not only save his life, but reset his career choice as well. Yeah. In this episode. So, I mean, we could talk about that for another three hours. To be honest, if if he didn't do this, or didn't do that, or did do this, and didn't, you know, <laughs> where would it go? You know.
1: Mm, yeah, definitely. Oh, and then Sam leaps into um, what we'll see next week, I guess, and he's wearing a very unique kind of sailor's outfit, all in white. And these states, I'm Popeye, which yeah, is quite I,
0: I, did, I, did, I did pop for that. I, I did laugh for that, actually, to be honest, because um, it took me a second to realise what episode it was going to be as well. Um, but when he said, yeah. i like, Popeye, I did pop. I'm not going to lie, I was laughing for a little bit. <laughs>
1: I'll tell you what, you're right there, because when normally get these little kind of uh, trailers, cliffhangers, whatever it may well be, to i suppose hint at what's coming next week i can normally remember the episode from that i may not remember masses about it for example i thought this was an episode of cold case when i saw last week's trailer well, so you bit, yeah. <laughs> but it's I can normally talk, yeah i can normally look at something and go okay well that's that or that's this and i remember that happens or whatever um this one i had to look it up i could not remember anything at all about what this next episode was
0: that's quite uh well. Even after you saw the uh the clip as well at the end,
1: yeah. Even when they, when he when he was in the sailor's outfit, I'm thinking, well, what's this then?
0: Oh right, sorry, I thought you meant uh, Disco Inferno. Oh <laughs> no, big, no, no, no,
1: no, no, was big no. No disco. Yeah, no, as as in this this cliffhanger at <laughs> the end of this episode, uh, as you said, you weren't sure what episode it was. I had no clue.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, I mean, I suppose before we get, I don't, do you want to do the ratings now or are we doing, are we going to, cause I can't, we haven't done the ratings yet. I've just realized.
1: <laughs> no, yeah, yeah, yeah. Same, yeah. yeah I was going to come yeah, back yeah. to those, but we'll get on those. Yeah, when we'll I mean, there's nothing much more to speak about, I mean, yeah, yeah. With, regards, I think- with regards to the next leap.
0: Yeah. Um, I mean,
1: I, I don't remember masses about it. I remember it, you know, it being, uh, again, one that's sort of a reflection on how race is treated in a certain time, yeah, but that's yeah. kind of all I really remember.
0: Yeah, it's um because it's what nineteen. We're going back quite a big chunk of time now. We've gone from the seventies, and I think it's nineteen fifty three. That's right. Yeah. So it's a very big chunk of time we're going back again. What I do remember is him coming off the bus, being picked up by his dad, and I remember liking his dad straight away. I thought he was a really nice bloke, like really nice character. um, In that short car ride, they have back to the house in the next one. Okay. Um, and the only I can't remember any any of that. No, the only thing I can remember, there's an ex-flame who I just find annoying and the mother who is quite annoying. Um, the mother is, I believe, she is like the council worker or something, or the social worker in Mrs. Doubtfire. Oh, who, okay. comes, who comes in and, and uh, he's put the, he puts put the pie on his face and makes out that it's uh, uh, <laughs> like a face mask. If you remember, Roy Williams doing that. But yeah, in terms of the episode, I, think I, mem- I don't remember much after that. I know because Sam doesn't know, he forgets his own wife because he doesn't know he's got a wife and he doesn't know where he's come from, what he's been doing. Oh, and this guy is his dad. And he kind of figures out on the way, but that's about it, mate, to be honest. And I remember the ex flame being annoying and a bit of a cruel person. And the mother is indifferent to, um, who Sam's host is married to. Um, oh, okay. so but in terms of uh, rating I'm not I can't remember enough of it to even think of like I'm think I'm going to rate this this you know no so, no no I wasn't thinking about
1: rating next week I was, I was literally just trying to think no, of no, that no, just saying, normally,
0: normally when we think of an episode like when we got to um, Kamikaze Kid in my head I'm thinking this is definitely a 5 out of 5 you know Okay. Yeah. that's, that's <laughs> what I mean um, so like with this one and even with Disco Inferno I remember I mean we'll get to ratings in a mo but I, when you said about it last week I'm like oh yeah this is a this is a this or and i but then some things I forget and obviously but yeah apart from the yeah I'm trying I'm trying to throw something out there mate but I can't think of enough to even think of what it could be but yeah a few things I remember and it's but I think it's mainly the beginning and that's only been right. triggered by the fact we get a preview of it at the end well, of it hopefully this. uh that's that's
1: interesting then if if both of us can't really remember much about this particular episode hopefully we get a pleasant surprise next week.
0: I think it's gonna be a heavy one. A bit like Colour of Truth mm. was in terms of what when we discuss it, because of what the the uh, the 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 topic is, you know, about obviously yeah. seven fifty three, um, tolerances and stuff were a lot different. Um and as we already saw in colour of truth in season one. So I think it's gonna be a heavy episode next week. I'll give you that. We'll try and make it fun somewhere, but <laughs> I feel like <laughs> a heavy episode in a well, it, it, it hopefully uh, it starts a conversation, maybe, and for the better.
1: Yeah. Yeah, definitely. So then, Disco Inferno. Uh, shall we do our good points and bad points, our old boys and our cacals first?
0: Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, uh, is it my turn or your turn to go first? I can't remember. I'll tell you what. You go first, Benny. What's your uh, old boy this week? Ever the gentleman, because I've been making out that you're old the entire episode. I am uh, old, mate.
1: There's no there is beat no <laughs> in that. I, I am old. I feel old ancient as well <laughs> oh, i have to have a nap this afternoon <laughs>
0: um, <laughs> fair enough <laughs> my probably one of my favorite moments actually we didn't even mention it and um i can it's only and i was like oh crap i should have mentioned that it's when uh, al comes back and now it's when the girlfriend comes in for the date and and the, chris is very much like a bit of a dick towards sam because of how chad normally is i assume so yeah. sam goes outside to get some air because al's on the balcony he goes out and Al's wearing a 70s suit uh, and all that <laughs> stuff. and It's hilarious in itself, but he has a man bag. <laughs> yeah. Because he couldn't get his wallet in his trousers because they were so tight. And it's just that sort of conversation between them and him being in that until they realize what's actually going on. But in that initial moment of them, Al coming back to speak to Sam to see Al in a freaking 70s suit, which is, do you know what? probably the normalest one of the normal things he wears in this show (laughs) to a degree
1: yeah it's supposed to be ridiculed isn't it it's supposed to be daft but it actually kind of i suppose because we're looking at 70s clothes all the way through this episode
0: it actually doesn't doesn't look that bad no it doesn't really stand out from everything else does it because of what you said um so just that um conversation back and forth until it gets to the serious stuff i quite like so Um, I know we didn't really talk about it in the episode, but it's one of my, just more of Sam's reaction to Al in the seventies. So he goes, where did you dig up that relic or whatever he says to him? And it's, uh, it does make me chuckle to be fair. So definitely, um, definitely my old boy moment. Oh boy.
1: Fair enough, mate. Fair enough. Uh, Mine is, I suppose, a, a scene that I kind of went into a lot whilst we were discussing the episode bit by bit. And that's when Sam remembers his brother had passed away and scott bacula's yeah. performance in that scene i don't need to go into it any more than that we've re- we've already discussed it at great length but yeah. that to me is that to me is a real highlight of this episode it's just it's just fantastic
0: oh boy yeah again like we've already like you said we've already covered it but I'll just quickly say it again is the the look on his face like i said you can almost see his brain go tom's dead and then you can see his heartbreak almost at the same time you can almost like yeah. pinpoint it like the episode of simpsons where Bart pauses it and sees Ralph's heartbreaking when he's just going frame by frame. You can almost, you can just see Sam's emotion as we've already covered on his face. Um, Yeah, and he he delivers it so well. And again, Dean Stockwell and uh, Scott Bakula, I think, play off each other really well. And I think that's what makes is a big part of the show being as a cult classic. You know, and people enjoying the show. Yes, the show is good, and the content of it is really good. But the uh the back and forth between these two characters, these actors are brilliant. So mm-hmm. couldn't couldn't agree more, mate. Couldn't agree more. Your right. caca for the week. Ah, oh. do, do you know what? Um, I mean, there's probably a few in here. We've obviously covered quite a lot. I don't want to call it a caca. It's more of a they've done it wrong things, but um I think just the uh I tell it caca moment, mate. You've caught me because I didn't I mean, I, we'll get to Reigns in a mo. obviously. Um, I think possibly... Um, no, see, that's quite good as well. I was going to say the bit where he's um, falling off the building and uh, the wig, but actually that's quite funny and I quite enjoyed that. And Al's response <laughs> to um, the actor, you know, you're going to be saved by him and stuff and it's really good. Um I suppose the, I don't know whether you can call it a caca moment, but the dad's attitude towards Chris a little bit when the the music, the way he is, he's not, he's not like a bad guy throughout. Um, But in terms of uh, that, I I haven't really got one, I suppose, mate. It's probably my short, which would have been a shorter answer, to be honest with you. I don't think I've got one really. Um, Nothing, because we've covered obviously a few mistakes here and stuff like that. So, um, but there's nothing in it in a sense of like, it made no sense you know, mm. nothing didn't feel out of place. Um, you're right. Yeah. You could argue the, the Saturday night, you know, the Saturday night live stuff is on a Thursday and stuff like that, but that's more continuity errors. Um, but in terms of a moment that made me go, Ooh, like, like that's even Al was quite tame, you know, in terms of comments. I mean, Al, <laughs> I mean I'm going to throw another oh boy moment, actually, to be honest at you, instead of a caca, I'm going to forfeit it because I haven't really got one. But I will say the, another old boy moment for me is Al dancing on the dance floor when they're all filming the cutaways and stuff. And he's dancing oh, And he's,
1: he's almost coming down like almost a corridor of people, isn't
0: he? Yeah, and he's just dancing and stuff and just having a good time. Uh-huh. And was enjoying it. So I don't really have a caca, It's the short answer. Oh, boy.
1: Okay, fair enough, mate, fair enough. I'm, I'm, I'm assuming you're going to mark this episode relatively high then if you've got no caca moment. We'll, we'll find out in a, in a second on that one. Mine's quite simply the guitar playing. I think with regards to the... Yeah.
0: I mean, I could have. Said that, I knew you were going to mention it. So, <laughs>
1: okay. <laughs> with regards to getting getting the day wrong for Saturday Night Live, if that is the case, uh, you know, or if, you know, the year wrong for the film Earthquake and so on, I wouldn't have been aware of that if I hadn't looked it up or you hadn't told yeah. me. So, we can yeah. get away with that. It, it didn't take away from my enjoyment of the episode. So, yes, it's a mistake. Yes, it's interesting to find out, but it's not make or break for me. I mean, this isn't make or break either. Really, it just—I just watched it and thought that looks like yeah. shit.
0: Went a little caca. Yeah. See, like caca moments for me, I feel like they are more like things that when you're watching an episode and they take you out of it. Yeah, and that's go, what this did. That's what this did yeah, for me. Yeah. So yeah, fair enough. Yeah. yeah, that makes sense. So that's a that's a true caca moment. Went a little caca. You know, nothing. I mean, if I was a guitar player, clearly I'm obviously based on the way you've described it and others have done online. I would have picked up on it, but because I'm not a guitar player, it doesn't, it doesn't mean any? It doesn't, doesn't, you know, it doesn't trigger me because I can't see it. it. Because I don't know. Again,
1: again, I'm not a guitar player. I can knock out a few (laughs) chords, but it's just the fact that you can see his hand isn't even moving. It's, I mean, if, if, if they plugged that guitar in properly, the noise it would make would be horrific. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, What's your
0: rating there, my friend? Um, do you know what? I'm gonna say uh, the story's good. I enjoyed the story. Um, we get a bit more info about Sam as well, which we've already covered. Um, but do you know what? It's uh, in my head. I was thinking um, I wouldn't say a four. I'm gonna say I'm gonna say a three point five. To be fair, um, out of five, okay. which is still pretty good. Um, I think when I th- when I but having said that, when I when we when I saw this episode, when we were doing it next. I think I was thinking in my head, I think roughly a three. So a 3.5 is probably, you know, it's a little bit better than I remember. I enjoy the story. Chris being a bit of a dick to Sam (laughs) is uh, probably taking it down a smidge. But um, (laughs) generally, I mean, uh, the only thing that really jumped out at me was obviously, like I said, the scenes cut in from Sam stood on the building. And then it's obviously the earthquake footage. Obviously nowadays it was made. We'd probably see a, a reconstruction in a computer image. So you wouldn't even notice those cutaways as much, but overall it's got a good story um it doesn't go too deep into the misogyny type sort of stuff what it could have done with the dad which i'm glad about because he just wants his kids to do well and all right he may not have all the tools to be the best parent in the world but he's doing his best to be fair and the only moment he is a dick he does get his sort of punch in the face you know so um Mm -hmm. yeah 3.5 mate i think is and again like i said in my head i thought of a three maybe when i first
1: um first thought about it yeah i think that's i think that's fair enough i'll go with 3.5 as well it, it's not it's not we've given other episodes a four it's not as good as the episodes we gave a four. no to. no but I yeah mean, it's still a good story i still enjoyed it so uh, yeah i'm okay i'm okay three and a half is is good i mean that you know what's that three and a half seven out of ten whatever you want to call it that's decent enough it's a good watch i'd, I'd go back and watch it again
0: you know, I I, yeah. I would do. It's not but an episode. It, it, it's not an episode I would skip. Definitely.
1: Yeah, but it's not one that if I thought to myself, I'm going to put a random episode on, I would choose this one. But if this came yeah. on the TV, I would it enjoy would it off. again. Yeah. So three and a yeah, half is yeah. a good shape, mate.
0: Three and I mean, a if you shape. take if you base it on the first two episodes, I would definitely pref- I prefer Honeymoon Express over this. Definitely.
1: Okay. Yeah. Okay. So, fair, fair enough. You know,
0: yeah, not a bad episode by any stretch. Um, but yeah, I, like I said, in my head, I thought a 3 and then a 3.5. So um, I think I remembered most of this, to be honest, this episode. You know, there's a few little tweaks here and there that I didn't remember. Um, Al was not as absent as he has been. He's not He's not in it loads. Mm-hmm. When he is there, he's there for a reason and he's there on point. Um, and then his little comedy moments are not as thingy as they normally are. But the ones he does have, they're brilliant and they're funny um and he he loves the 70s clearly because he's dancing around with everybody else not that anybody can see him but he's you know just enjoyed yeah. himself and you know to the annoyance of sam sometimes but you know <laughs> <laughs> overall the episode's good. he's got a good story you know yeah so. I'd, I'd
1: recommend people watched it but it's not the best we've ever seen so i think that's a that's a fair summary by the pair of us there bud so, so before yeah. we get off uh do you want to let everybody know whereabouts they can find you online with your other content your your
0: links to your social medias and so on it's all on uh, it's all on twitter now mate so at benny Mac, b-e-triple n-y-m-a-c-k there's a link on there for Linktree and anything you want to find whether it's twitch or facebook page or whatever it's all under that one link now so you can do that under so twitter is the best way to do it basically so at benny Mac b-e-triple n-y-m-a-c-k awesome stuff you can find me on twitter at sjp words or
1: i have a little group on facebook sjp all the shows and info Both of those, there, Facebook and Twitter, you can find links to the shows I'm involved in, any articles I may contribute to, any sort of, I suppose, content is the term people use, isn't it? Any content I create, whether that is more time travel sci fi stuff with regards to the Doctor Who pod that I do with our good friend Dan Griffin, uh, or equally geeky in places, I suppose, some wrestling content that I do um, with. Our good buddy, Mr. Mags, there is Chain Wrestling live on a Monday night via Radio Techers' YouTube channel. A podcast version does come out later in the week too. And Nitro Nights, which I do with a good friend, Scottish Danny, looking back on WCW week by week by week. And that has got some some brilliant and some awful, I'll tell you that. All the links to these shows can be found at SJP Words on Twitter or SJP, all the shows and info on Facebook. But most importantly... You can find this show on all sorts of social medias, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, etc. And it's always a variation of at the waiting room underscore is where you want to be looking. But again, if you're following Benny and you're following me, you'll find us. It's that us, Yeah, Absolutely. Okay, Benny, thank you so, so much again for your time, my friend. I've had a fantastic time chatting about uh, this episode of Quantum Leap with you. I'm intrigued as to the next episode, seeing as neither of us have strong memories of it It, 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 you know I'm looking forward to reviewing something that no doubt when we press play we'll both go oh yeah I know but it's it's going to be interesting to to go back on and as we get through you know further into season two uh, I think the show gets better and better and better the more into season two we go so I'm intrigued to see if I remember that correctly my
0: friend yeah there's some blimmin great episodes obviously we've already mentioned foreshadowing I'm not going to go any further than that with it but uh, there's some great episodes (laughs) in season two um uh, is it season two? I think it is season two. There's an episode in season two, mate, that I'm, I'm quite looking forward to. And it was not necessarily. Um, I think it's season two. It must be, I can't remember how far it is through the, uh, Oh yeah, there it is. Um, good morning Peoria is one of my favorites. Um, obviously the critically acclaimed episode Jimmy's in this season coming up. And that's a freaking great one. And one that probably probably does get mentioned but not as much. Uh so help me God is a great episode. Um and I've got high hopes for that one. Um, um there's some great episodes in this season. There really is. There's, it's a, a good variance of um uh different uh like eras and styles, but um as I said, one that probably doesn't get as much um notoriety for me at least is a, a portrait of a Troy and which I think I remember when we did this in the very first episode you couldn't remember so I'm looking to see mm-hmm. forward to see what you think about that one going forward and also as we already mentioned already the social side comment below guys so we can see what you think of the show so far What how well we're doing um did you like the episodes do you think the ratings are fair <laughs> do you think they were, we're right or what did you think of it is uh is going to be interesting to see what people think of it going forward mate to be fair yeah give it your own rating let us know what you think out of all you are you
1: know your own oh boys your own cacaloans all that sort of great stuff benny once again i've had an awesome time bud i'm looking forward to next week already uh to everybody else thank you very much for listening benny i'll speak to you next week bud uh, time to leap out bud